You're listening to Sports and More with Chris and Tom. Welcome back. It's the guys with the faces for radio and the voices for a silent move. Wait a minute. Hey, wrong way, wrong way, wrong way. Over here. There you are. Oh, Opa, Opa. Yeah, yeah. I thought you got turned around. No, I... Hey, for those of you not watching this on YouTube, here I am again. Welcome (laughs) back. It's the guys with the faces for radio and the voices for a silent movie. This is Sports and More with Chris and Tom. I am Chris. And I am Turnaround Tom. (laughs) Turnaround Tom. And we're going to dive right into it, man. Spicy, spicy night. Um, So, Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly are on the move. Oh, yeah. When they told us last week, they were not. Not on the move. Um, This past Sunday, November 28th, it was announced um, uh, by Bruce Feldman of The Athletic um, and uh, the University of Southern California, USC, that Lincoln Riley would be leaving Oklahoma University to become the head coach at USC. The day prior, however, Riley had adamantly um, said that he was not leaving Oklahoma for LSU. He did not he did lie. say that specifically. He did not lie. <laughs> just, just like as we will get into it, Brian Kelly said that he is not leaving Notre Dame for USC. Yeah, they did not lie. Uh, they did not lie. Uh, Riley had, just before this season, um, inked a six-year, $38.9 million extension at, at uh, Oklahoma. Goodness, man, that's that's there's some serious money in college football. Yeah. Um, so, one speculated reason for uh, Riley to leave Oklahoma for USC is uh, Oklahoma leaving the Big Twelve in 2025 for the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Riley was not a big fan uh, of the move, yeah. did not really support it, but that was really not his call. It was the yeah. university's call, yeah. um, and then. Uh, also thinking Riley is one in three Not against good. SEC teams. So obviously he doesn't like the move because he's got a losing record against SEC teams. So yeah. it's going to be a hard go yeah. of it for the first, yeah. um, you know, few years entering into a, a new conference. But I mean, big 12, that, that that's SEC. you also, they're, they're one of the, they're, they're the best in the big 12. Like you can't oh, say that they uh, are. Yeah. That, consistently who, yes. who, who, would be, who would be better who no be one better? really but they're consistently the top three they're not always the teams going yeah, to win the big they're 12 not they're the all, team it's like alabama where they're like oh it's usually alabama and someone else it's like it's oklahoma and someone else in the right. big 12 typically right um and chris we do know the contract details yeah i know we didn't read those we didn't have we, these we yesterday. didn't know this as of uh you know a couple hours ago or uh, i i didn't let chris in on the contract details because i wanted your live reaction Ooh, all to right this. let's hear this so and this is why we are showing you the money yeah. because this man uh this this is possibly the greatest contract uh coaching contract maybe even player contract in, in sports history probably let's hear like, it. honestly this is um a fantastic deal it is a 10-year contract okay for 110 million dollars it's 11 mil a year. That's um, more than saving. Now, right. So uh, Lincoln, Lincoln Riley, he has a, he has a home in Oklahoma. Yep. Um, he also has a, uh, it was just finished building a home mm-hmm. that he and his wife and his family were starting to move into. Mm-hmm. 
The University of Southern California is buying both his homes in Norman, Oklahoma for 500000 over the asking price. Oh, jeez. Essentially to serve as a million-dollar sign-on bonus. Wow. Um, in addition to the cost of the homes yeah. that he will also get. Jeez. Um, but you got to have a place to live mm-hmm. um, out in California, right? They're buying him a $6 million home in Woo! Los Angeles, um, which is uh, considered the uh, campus-provided luxury housing. <laughs> campus-provided um, luxury housing. Jeez. But that's not all. But that's not all. But wait. You know, more. you got a lot of family back in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. You yeah. got a lot of family across the country. Right. How are you going to get there? You're going to get there with the unlimited use of the university private jet 24-7 for him and his family. What? No. What? 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 24-7 yes. unlimited. Like, when is available, he can just say, I'm for hopping him, on the plane. For, for him, him and his family. That, yeah. Whenever he wants, he can just say, you know what? I want to head back, back to Norman and see some of my old players this week. Oh I want to head gosh. out to New York, have a nice weekend with the wife. I'm going to go to Cabo. What? I'm going to go to Perry. I'm right? gone. I don't know if that's maybe just domestic flights, though. I don't know. I don't know. But, but Jamie, Christmas. And, and, you know, most of this, like, th- this has all been uh, from multiple sources, yep. I will say. Um, so, I mean, nothing has actually been officially uh, provided by the <laughs> university because why would a university admit to, to like, giving all this stuff up? But, excuse me. I'm just going to say this right now. If I were Lincoln Riley and I was offered this, uh, these details on the contract, I wouldn't even ask my wife. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I would not. Yeah. No, I, it, it would be, hey, honey, I did a thing today. We're going to move to California. Uh, see, I would ask questions. See, you know me. I'm not the California guy, so you're going to have to make sure. I'm not a California guy, too, yeah. but I can be a fan of $110 million. You better, you better make sure <laughs> I am richly rewarded. He is getting everything in that box, in that box of rocks. If you know the Taco Bell commercial back in the day, that box of rocks. It had yeah. that, and everything in it. He has all that and then some in that box right. because that's – He's going to pay more than Saban. He's getting a $6 million house, which I'm guessing is worth about the same as a $2 million house in Oklahoma, figuring it's cost three times as much as you live in Cali. Uh, at at you know, least. At, at least. least. I mean, Oklahoma is not a super expensive place yeah. to live. You might be $2 million plus land, or it would be a, like home plus land right. in Oklahoma, right. um, or like a lake house or right. something like that. But $6 bucks in L.A., it, you're still going to get yourself a, de- a, oh, a yeah. really good size house. I mean, um, I, I I know of uh, a guy down in – Miami. He's got a three million dollar home, and um, it's huge. So six million bucks in Los Angeles has got to be pretty, pretty massive. Yeah. Um, so, um, Chris, I think now would be a great time to do the quote that you were going to save for later. Yeah, yeah. He, he, we we could speculate why he was leaving the the uh, Oklahoma, you know, the, the yeah. SEC Big Twelve move, yeah. um, anything like that. But it, it he he's and he could say I'm not doing it for the money. But Chris, yeah. he. What is he doing? Well, this comes from the movie Spaceballs, the greatest spoof movie of all time. This is Lone Star talking to Barf. Yes, his companion Barf. And he's saying, listen, we're not doing this for the money. We're doing this for an expletive load of money. And you guys know the quote. You know the expletive is a poop load of money. It is. That's what he did it for. He did it for all the monies. He did it for all the monies. For real. <laughs> like, like it, it, honestly, this is... Yeah. You can't say no to a deal like that. No, you'd be stupid. Absolutely stupid. You're going to get $11 million a year 
to coach football. It, plus a million dollar sign-on bonus, plus the cost of your homes, yeah. plus a six million dollar yeah. mansion, plus a freaking yeah. private jet. You're, are, is is this Brad Pitt? I yeah. I he might as well be. He's thirty eight years old. He is a young head coach who you think you can run the Pac twelve for the next 10, 12, 30 years if he continues on his trajectories on because he was running the Big Twelve already. Oh yeah. And the Pac twelve well, is exactly the same as what the Big Twelve the Big Twelve was where there is no leader in the clubhouse. Oregon's good, yes, but are they really that good? No. It, are there other teams in the big pac that are good? Yeah, but when they face other schools, they get whipped on. So he could run and, that conference. And that's not to say that USC is a great no. program right now. No, it's not. They're, this is not the, the Pete Carroll USC. Absolutely not. But Oklahoma but. was no longer – like Bob Stoops' final years was not the Bob Stoops of Oklahoma of his prime. He took mm-hmm. that thing around and turned around quick, fast, in a hurry – so they're hoping he right. the same thing. He was quoted saying, um, this will become the mecca of college football. And, and Lincoln Riley said that of, of USC. Probably and right. Here's where, it gets, here's where it gets a little spicy. Isaiah Thomas, a defensive lineman for Oklahoma, mm-hmm. responded to that saying, he told us that last week. Oh, to Oklahoma. He said the same thing. Ooh. So this is, Ooh. that's what, that that is where I'm starting to yeah. not like Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Is he is now, um, like he's he's telling his players right. that he's before he's even left, we're gonna become the the yeah. next greatest thing right. in college football, and then a week later he's gone. Well, that's not surprising. They have a little time in college football. You can't really be shocked by that. They tend to do that. They're raw. They do the raw raw raw, and then they take it and to the next year they do the raw 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 again. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. He's like a PJ Fleck in Minnesota. He's had the same shtick. Every job, and it works at every job because it's a good shtick. Yeah. So, yeah. And we're a good coach on top of that good shtick. You kind of have it made in the bag. And also, didn't I see Oklahoma's like top QB recruits uh, decommit from Oklahoma the second year Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma? I, I think I, I did hear some rumblings about he's a, that. He's a five star quarterback. He was, he top. was a verbal commit. Obviously, we haven't hit signing day. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. He's a, a, a five-star quarterback, a top-five player, I think, in this class, and he decommits second year. Lincoln Riley's not going to Oklahoma. What does that tell you about the power of a good recruiter in college football? They have all the powers. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, the same thing would happen with, I, I would say, damn near every Alabama recruit if yep. Nick Saban were to do the same thing. Absolutely. wouldn't matter if he was going to Appalachian State. He would pull some bodies. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if he retired, it'd be almost worse because then these players are like, well, where'd we go? We can go here. We can go there. We can go anywhere. And Alabama now becomes a second tier destination point because they no longer have the coach. Exactly. So now Lincoln Riley is the coach for USC and he's going to have some pull across the country, but he wasn't the only coach that was on the move yesterday, November 29th, um, per a report from Yahoo sports, Pete Thamel, um, LSU hired Notre Dame head coach Brian Kelly to replace Ed Orgeron as a head coach who was actually uh, – Ed Orgeron left that position earlier this year. Uh, um, a- there was a season, mutual – End of the season. End they, of the season. They okay. agreed to there, it there in was, like October, but they say, he would say until the end of the season is what they – Right, and and the, the deal with that was also that uh, I think Ed Orgeron is staying on in some um, function in the athletic department. Yeah. I think um, possibly in more of maybe not quite athletic director role, but moving into something more administration. Right. Um, 
so that was also kind of the the reasoning for that is like he kind of wanted to move on to something else and it was a good time for them and you know now obviously um brian kelly is reaping the benefits of that do you want me to take um, this first, so or, you want me to take this so you have time to to soak it in and build and see a little bit i know this is gonna be a top state coming because i can see the Notre Dame thing in the back of your on your walls do you want me to, to bring to bring this around so you have time to uh see yeah our, why our, don't you our, you read it out um because there's some stuff about ed, ed orgeron who um all credit to him he's a great coach um but yeah as a notre dame fan this one hit hard so i'll let you read this in all right so orgeron as some of you may recall won the national championship with joe burra in 2019 over clemson absolutely spanking them in the process for which he was rewarded with a six-year 42 million dollar contract extension so he was getting paid pretty good money but they went downhill when Joe Burrow left. Obviously, you lose their star quarterback. You tend to go downhill. But it, they just weren't the same team. They probably weren't ever going to be the same team after they lost uh, Joe Burrow and Joe Brady. So Brian Kelly, that's how Brian Kelly enters the fold because he is uh, the winningest coach in Notre Dame history in total wins. Not tells he has 105 wins at Notre Dame or is 106. I can't remember, but he has the most in Notre Dame history. And they're in the middle of a CFP bay, in the middle of trying to make the college football playoffs. And they're pretty much a, a lock to get in or close to get in if, the, if uh, Bama loses and if another team in the top four loses in the, in the playoffs. But we'll, not get, we'll get into that later. So it was like a bad time for Notre Dame. And it's unclear at this time why he left Notre Dame. But we have more details later. Uh, we have Tom has more details that... We just didn't know at this time, at the time of writing down the notes. We didn't know why he left. I assumed in my notes, I did the space post because I assumed as for a poop load of money. It turns out Lincoln Riley got a poop load of money. Not to dis, not to discredit what Brian Kelly is going to get, but it's less than than Lincoln Riley money. Right, and I don't. There, there's there's Lincoln Riley money is now a completely different league yeah. of its own. Um, but uh, Brian Kelly. Uh, yeah. Uh, first of all, the contract details were released in, in part um, ten years, ninety-five million dollars, which puts him um, about Saban. three three hundred thousand a year less than Saban. Saban's currently at about nine point eight plus incentives. Yeah. With the incentives, uh, puts um, Nick Saban around ten point seven, from what we have we have heard. Um, and those incentives come in the form of uh, bonuses, bowl game bonus bonuses, um, the like. Yeah. So playoffs, some of the playoffs, yeah, playoffs. exactly. Yeah. Um, and Lincoln, or uh, excuse me, Brian Kelly, his contract uh, is including incentives. Uh, they say is going to be north of a hundred million as well, mm-hmm. but the incentives themselves have not been released at this time. So all we can go off of is purely salary at this point at uh, 9.5 million a year for 10 years. Um, And I'm sure that, you know, something that's sticking in the back of his mind is he's been with Notre Dame for what, about 10 years now? 11 years, I think. Little 11 years. I think it was 2010 uh, that he uh, came from Cincinnati. Yep. And he's the winningest coach in Notre Dame history. He's also, um, he's got one of the longest tenures. I think so too. I saw that too. um, At Notre Dame too. It's like, which... I mean, you even think about Charlie Weiss, who was a, a great coach in the early 2000s. It was in the Brady Quinn era. Um, he wasn't there that long and no, no championships and not anywhere near the length of time to no. get the wins that Brian Kelly has. But 
um, I mean, you're, you're looking at consistently, you know, eight to 12 wins a year. Yep. And that's what happens when you have eight to 12 wins a year for 11 years. Um, but no titles. And I'm sure that sticking in the back of his mind is, you know, he's what, 69, 70 years old, almost years, uh, 60 years. old. Years. He's, he's 60. He's only 60, 60. No, no, no. I'm looking, I'm thinking Saban's yeah. Saban's like, um, nearing 70. That's, yeah. that's my bad. Um, he's like, I want to win a championship before 70. So maybe his thought is going to the sec, which is one of the most competitive, um, conferences yeah. in his mind. He's also, um, lost to Alabama twice, SEC team twice, yeah. um, lost to Clemson yeah. in the playoffs and thinking maybe he needs to go somewhere where, um, in his mind, the players go, but At here's, least the, here's the problem, academics? Is, here's is that the problem that I have with that. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the problem that I have with that is, um, Notre Dame will pull premier athletes from across the country and has he currently has a Heisman candidate mm -hmm. on his team. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But, and, and he's got a wealth of athleticism across the board. He's got incredible coaches, uh, fine young minded coaches, uh, young mind, um, excuse me, young strong-minded coaches <laughs> um, in the form of, you know, Tommy Reese, Marcus Freeman, others. You have the staff at Notre Dame. Obviously, what you're leaving for is money. Mm -hmm. you, you can't tell me that you have a better chance at a title at, uh, at LSU. Obviously, they had the title in 2019, but where's LSU this year? Where were they last year? Yeah. They're not at the level that you're cons you're looking at Notre Dame at right now. Notre Dame was a playoff team last year, and they're uh, likely. I think that as of today, there's a about a sixty percent chance that they'll be a playoff team yeah. this year. Ooh, really? You, that, and, that high? And the, yeah. Ooh. That high. Uh, the last I heard was uh, between fifty-eight and sixty percent. And um, interesting. So you're clearly leaving for money. And the timing at which that you're doing it while you're in a CFP race tells me that you're leaving for money and you only care about your money. You can't tell me that you care about your players. You maybe care that they heard it over uh, social media, but you can't tell me that you care about your players enough to, um, to not stay on. I mean, this is, uh, this is not something that you do when you're in the hunt for a title unless he's given up and maybe he has losing to his old team uh, Cincinnati, maybe that did it for him. Right. And then, in, you know, the last week saying no to the USC deal. And maybe he didn't get the, the Lincoln Riley package, but, uh, and honestly, the way that he's leaving, I'm kind of glad that he didn't get the Lincoln Riley package. Yeah. I don't think leaving the way that he did in the manner that he did in the timing that he did, he deserves the Lincoln Riley package. Right. I, I love what Brian Kelly has done for the Notre Dame program. But leaving the way that he is yeah. leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And it, I, I, I'm not going to forget that for a long time. And I know that players and um, benefactors and, and uh, super fans won't either. This The way that he left um, is not right. I have a feeling. I thought that that's going to be your response because it's in the middle of playoff. Which my response was yours. Like it, it's a bad look to leave when he did. 
if there's a way for him to negotiate to leave after the season, like sign the contract, hey, can we push it to after the season for me to finish up this run and one more shot? I would say I get it at that point. But to leave in the middle of the run where you're just a weekend away from finding out if you're in the playoffs is a bad look. It's one of the problems with college football's uh, coaching uh, hiring process where the second you're hired, you leave. It's one of the things where they should negotiate these contracts and wait till the end of the season, like the NFL does, where you can't sign unless your team's eliminated from the playoffs or it's the end of the season, which is my mind makes the most sense. And I, I'm going to point, and I'm actually glad, I, I'm actually surprised you're so calm about this. I was expecting a more fiery Tom, Tom, say Tom. I'm, I'm, I'm boiling. You're, you're, right be, now. you're, just be, you're just, you're just beyond the anger. You're at the, the calm, quiet I'm, frustration point. You know, there, there have been several occasions, even within the last year, but in my life where I've been so incredibly angry that I can't yell. Yeah. That it just completely overwhelms me. And I'm just almost, you know, stunned. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. I'm at that point too. I saw that. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's no way. They said Notre Dame. I'm not a Notre Dame fan, as all of you know. I came, grew up in the Burr of Chicago where there are two types of Notre Dame fans those that love them and those that don't like them. I'm, I'm at the don't like them stage, but I was just like, you're leaving a prestigious uh, college that's one of the that's one of the premier in all college football. Everyone knows Notre Dame football for LSU, which is only good. When they've had Nick Saban and on, and Les Miles on occasion, they've never had consistent, sustained success that Notre Dame has from coach to coach to coach to coach to coach. Varying degrees, mind you, but it's still a high level. It's not like Michigan, where Michigan went through dark years before Jim Harbaugh got there. Or USC, which had Pete Carroll, and that's been it, pretty much. Notre Dame has been there every time they get a new coach. They get back up to the top of the mountain. Yeah, they might get knocked back down, but they get back up there. So I was shocked. And I, my assumption is, was it for the money? And I think I'm right. It was for the money and nothing else because there's no other reason to make this move because you're le- unless he thinks being in the SEC gives him a championship game, which gives him a better chance of making the CFP because he has that one last chance in case they're number five to win a championship game to vault themselves into the playoffs rather than hoping for some help along the way. Might be his only, his, his only reason for that, but I don't think that holds water because... LSU is not going to hold up to Alabama as long as Nick Saban is alive and kicking. And maybe even the ghost of Nick Saban is still going to keep Alabama alive for many years to come at this point with how they recruit and how they just win games, even though they shouldn't win games. Right. Right. I, I, I think you, you've hit, it, hit the nail on the head there with that. Um, it's, yeah, I, I guess it's really hard to see with clarity how this isn't about money. Sure. Um, uh, mo- moving on from that, though, I, wa- I do want to kind of outline, we don't really have any um, prospects on uh, the Oklahoma job, but no. because the Brian Kelly job was even more shocking, or the Brian Kelly exit was even more shocking, uh, we, always, we, we, we have a, a way too early um, prospect list. Right. And I just want to go over that really go ahead, quickly. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, the first one uh, was completely shot down earlier today. Uh, Urban Meyer. Urban no. Meyer said, no. "No, I'm not coming back to college." Um, no. And so, like, I, I was like, "No." He's as soon as I saw his name, I'm like, "No, he's going to say that he's not." And then, like an hour later, no. he said, "No." Um, Marcus Freeman, defensive coordinator for Notre Dame, was actually hired uh, last year, I believe, or the end of last season, 
um, to kind of groom into being Brian Kelly's replacement one day. We just didn't expect that it would be this quickly. This day, so yeah. uh, he's he's you know at least a potential for the interim head coach, um, and uh, that's that's certainly at that point even an option for um, the head coach next season. One that has been thrown around quite a bit, uh, like immediately within hours, was Luke Fickle from Cincinnati. Yeah, um, he's a solid coach. Uh, you know, solid. We're just going to become solid. solid. Yeah, solid is an solid. understatement. I mean, understatement. He, he's a he great coach. Dame. He's a excellent he coach. Notre Dame. Yes, he's excellent. Um, and you know, uh, that, that was just kind of show like, hey, maybe Cincinnati is now just a pipeline for head coaches to Notre Dame. <laughs> um, another one, and I I really like. Um, I really like this this option. Um, Matt Campbell from Iowa State. Okay. Um, he, he is a passionate coach. He has an incredible mind for the game. Even at, at, at being the head coach, he's a student of the game. Um, and players respect him. And uh, that's why I, I also – I mean, Iowa State's yeah. among the top in the Big 12 also. And he's – um, kind of the reason why yeah. he, he pulls guys, even though it's not the biggest program, he works with what he's got and he does, you know, really well with it. Um, and then the last one that I, I'm kind of iffy about because I don't know a whole lot about him, Jeff Brom from Purdue. Um, Brom from yeah, Purdue. that makes sense. I don't know what his name, uh, but uh, it, I think it's a similar style of yeah. coaching. Purdue fights um, hard. And, yeah. And, and again, they're not one that had no. that gets you know, the, the top tier prospects from across the country, but, um, you know, he, uh, he, he's done uh, well given what he has to work with in the program. Um, and again, I think it's that similar style of coaching that would almost be kind of like status quo, easy to move yeah. the, the team into, um, and, and the mentality about the game. So, um, those are kind of ones that I've heard. Um, obviously I'm still a little bit in shock about it happening, um, if I had to pick one out of that that list, I'd I'd love to see um, Luke Fickle. Yeah. Um, but I'd also, you know, if I'm going to give an honorable mention, I want to see Marcus Freeman because I know that he was kind of hired to move up into that position. And just on a side note, I want to see him be the interim head coach mm-hmm. and win a title this year. Oh yeah, give him the old. Give just, him, I, I, I would I just rub the salt right in the wound. For give, Brian Kelly. give him the old Stone Cold Steve Austin two finger salute. yeah Yeah. all right all right yeah that that's all i got um why don't you give us our standings and um i'll uh, calm down and have a cookie yeah after we got through that long first segment usually they're not that long but it is a great topic so we had to take our time to get through it we're gonna give you the quick quick version of the standings updates in first in the nfc north yes it isn't screwing along the screen the whole time for y'all so you guys can see it while we're talking but so that's why we're gonna give you the short short version of it Green Bay still leads the NFC North. Shocker, they're a 9-3. NFC South is the Buccaneers to lose. They have a three-game lead over the Falcons and Saints. Shocker, that's the case. In the NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys have struggled and now only have a two-game lead over the Washington football team. The Cowboys are no longer... They're the clear frontrunner still, but it's not much closer than we would have expected two weeks ago. In the NFC West, the Cardinals hold a two-game lead over the Rams, and I doubt the Rams make the Super Bowl this year. I don't know how good they are at this point. They picked up Odell Beckham Jr., and they got worse. Shocker, OBJ makes your team worse. I have just been saying that for a while now. Come at me, bro. I don't care how good of a receiver is if he's a diva. 
and AFC North. The Ravens hold a one-game lead over the Bungles. The Browns are close behind, and the Steelers are probably going to be in rebuild mode because Bank Ben will retire at the season. He's not said that, but he has only one play, one thing to do at the end of the season is retire because he has already retired. He just doesn't know it yet. In the AFC South, the Titans hold a two-game lead over the Colts. Colts have been playing excellent football as of late. I would not be shocked to see them in the playoffs, but we shall see. In the AFC East, a shocker that Tom and I did not expect. The Patriots have a half-game lead over the Bills in the division. Mac Jones is all that at this point. He is Tom Brady 2.0, it looks like, where he's just going to do his job and do it well. And in the AFC West, the Chiefs hold a one-game lead over the Chargers, Broncos, and the Raiders. That division is too close to call because the Chiefs look like they're alive, but they could go right back to sleep just as quickly because that's what the Chiefs have done this season. Look alive, then look dead, then look alive again. We will find out in the next five weeks, I believe. Yeah, I think it's five weeks because we're in the week 13. It's going to be five weeks. Holy Toledo. Yeah. It's yeah, a long freaking we're season. We're coming... Yep, and we're coming down to the wire with that division. Um, like you said, we're, we're – I mean, it's we're, – we're a matter of like one week making a difference. Yep. Really, two weeks making two weeks, a difference yeah. in this this division. Um, two weeks could just reshape the entire landscape of the AFC West. Yep. The only divisions um, so, that I feel safe calling right now are the NFC North and NFC South. That's it. Everything else I think is up in the – well, NFC West, I'm going to call that one too. I don't think the Rams are, are going to make – are going to win it this year. The Cardinals are all that at this point because the Rams are broken on offense and defense. Right. Which yep. Is They've got some areas to work on for sure. And they did certainly didn't help themselves by adding OBJ, yeah. um, at least from a team morale standpoint. Um, thank you for giving us yeah. the, the quick rundown there. Uh, like Chris said, down at the bottom, yeah. you will see the ticker with all the – rankings yeah. um as to be expected our first segment that was intended to be an intro topic uh went long. <laughs> was the so, main topic yes uh, and, <laughs> yeah and, and i think a lot of that was because of how shocking it was yeah. and the stuff that came out today absolutely know, the details that came out today it had to be long there's no choice it was that important of a topic we had to spend 20 minutes on because it was just that there's not much to cover yeah exactly exactly um, and I know that we kind of we covered a lot of college football, but we want to talk about the actual college football playoff yeah. picture now. Oh yeah. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and cut out like you know big games from last weekend. Go ahead. I'm, I will do a brief overview. Ohio State, number two in the country, lost to Michigan, number five yeah. in the country. Yep. Twenty-seven forty-two. Um, banner win for uh, Jim Harbaugh. First time and, Michigan beat uh, Ohio State in ten years. Time. In 10 yep. years. And, and they are now, you know, their first Big Ten championship game next yep. week. Mm -hmm. um, Alabama, number three, uh, needed four overtimes, but they did beat unranked Auburn 23, <laughs> or excuse me, 24 22. Um, there were some others uh, that kind of didn't really affect the playoff picture yeah. all that much. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Oklahoma losing to Minnesota and Oklahoma State beating Oklahoma. Oklahoma State was number seven in the country, yeah. Oklahoma Oklahoma number 10. So yeah. neither one of those is really going to project their team up far enough to really be, to, to have a, a, a leg to stand on when oh, considered you, for the CFP. You never, so, you never know the Oklahoma State. That's true, though. I, I'll, yeah. I'll let you know. I'll give you our, uh, we'll go through the projections. Actually, we have the real CFP ranks. You want me to give you those? You, I, they were just posted like an hour or two ago. Yeah. 
So let yeah. me pull that up really quick. The CFP for the top. I'll give you top six. These are the teams who have a chance to make it. In mm-hmm. number one, Georgia. Are we shocked? No, they're twelve and zero in nope. the SEC. They're number one. Number two, Michigan, eleven and one. They just spanked Ohio State. Are we shocked? No. Am I disappointed? Yes. In number three, <laughs> Alabama, eleven and one. They're still third. They needed four overhands to be Auburn. Am I shocked? At number three, no, because the CFP overvalues them. Am I disappointed? Yes. Number four, Cincinnati, twelve and zero. Just spanked ECU without a good offensive showing where the quarterback was all over the place. That team is dang good on defense, and they don't need much of an offense to win, which is against bad teams. Cincinnati should be higher in my estimation, but we'll get into that later. And number five is Oklahoma State. They leapfrog Notre Dame. Notre Dame is now six in the CFE Saints, and those are the only six teams I see making to the playoffs at this point, given what we have coming up this weekend. So those are your six teams to watch this weekend. Tom, your reaction to Notre Dame getting skipped over by OK State? Um, surprised and not at the same time. Mm-hmm. Look at Notre Dame's wins this year. They're, they're big-time wins. Um I mean, against ranked opponents that, uh, you know, started the season out ranked and uh, or, or were considered uh, very highly across the country. North Carolina, yeah. top of the ACC. That's a low um, bar. And, and, and Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin doesn't look good right now. That does not look like a good one. I mean, they, they just beat Stanford, uh, <laughs> whooped Stanford. Yeah. They um, beat the little girls from Georgia Tech, um, you know, the week prior. <laughs> Uh, that that was a, that was a nice birthday present. Let me just say that I, I got to sit in the box the uh, at the the game and uh, got to see a fifty five nothing win. Oh jeez, beautiful. Anyway, um, so I'm not surprised. I mean, Oklahoma State is now just coming off of a huge win against Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, now seeing that, I'm not surprised that they jumped from um, seven to five uh, to five. Yeah. Because Notre Dame was, they were they were five, They're, right? Or no, Notre, they they were um, they Notre were Dame was six. six. They've been they stayed at six. They just stayed packed. Because Stanford's not a huge win no. anymore. No, they're not. So they're not the same. No, I'm I'm not surprised. Um, but I mean, that it does pose the question then which which one's going to be valued higher when you're uh, considering the CFP? I mean. We we look at um, you know an SEC matchup that could take out that will take out um, one of the um, maybe the two I'll potentially co- I'll, I'll potentially co- we'll cover that Ge- in a second Georgia Georgia losing could still end up in the mm-hmm. uh, top four but Alabama losing would certainly drop them yep. then you have to you have to then value um, does Notre Dame's uh, record as it stands right now. Is that worth more than Oklahoma State? And honestly, I don't. Obviously, they're not valuing it that much now. So why would it change in a week? The other problem you have is Oklahoma State plays a championship game against number ten Baylor. If Oklahoma State beats Baylor, they're going in. They're going in. It's ranked. It's a championship game. That's what you. Run, that's the risk you run yeah. being an independent. Yeah. You don't yeah. get a champion, a, a conference title. You have to go undefeated in order to get in. That's your only option. You have to run that table, make and hope. Your strength of schedule, which you thought is strong going into the season, remains that strong, which is one of the right. disadvantages. I think their partnership with the ACC will help them because you'll get Clemson more often. You'll get some better teams 
more often, but it does hurt also cut back against you because you might get those Georgia Tech games more often where you could have your schedule around and say, I want to take this tough team yeah. and fight them. So that, yeah, Florida State was another win, I'll yeah, say that this Florida State, year, that yeah. They good. they they played pretty they did play they played pretty well this year, but it's not I, I think it's interesting. So do you guys want me to talk the non college football fan talk give his opinions real quick? So Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Hear the hear an idiot talk for about five minutes and you can t- say <laughs> if I'm right or wrong. Okay. No, so, you go go for it. Go right, for it. And so, then we'll then we'll each give our, our um our playoff four. Okay, so my reading of the situation is Georgia is playing Alabama. Georgia wins. Alabama's out. Georgia's number one seed. whoop de doo We all know that's the, the scenario. So if, as an ordained fan, I'm reading as you want Georgia to beat Bama. No, no doubt about it, just to get them out of the picture. So there's one spot open in the final four. Michigan is playing Minnesota. I have very little doubt Michigan loses to Minnesota, as do the Osmakers. I think it's a 10.5-point spread in Michigan's favor with the way they just beat Ohio State. Now, they did lose to Michigan State, but that's a rivalry game, and that's always going to be a tough one. So I think they beat Minnesota quite handedly because they just beat Ohio State rather handedly as well. We shall see. So if I'm, if I'm you, I'm cheering on Minnesota, but I'm not sure that one's going to be the upset you get. Since Alabama's a three seed, I said that I thought they should move back to four, and I would put Cincinnati at two, and have had Michigan at three. Cincinnati is still undefeated. People, I don't care if they're a not a power five school. They've beaten everyone. They beat Notre Dame, who is still a top ten team, still looking un- unbeatable outside of Cincinnati. So Cincinnati, in my mind, should be higher, even though Michigan does have the great win they just had, which kind of swings opinions in their favor. No offense, Michigan or Rich Eisen, but I think Michigan should be three at this point. Notre Dame is kind of stuck cheering for teams to lose. They need Alabama to lose, and then they need Cincinnati or Oklahoma State or Michigan to lose their championship game to try to get in there because at this point, if Oklahoma State wins, they're going to be the next team up because they just played another game against a top 10 team. So they're going to need help from uh, Minnesota. Houston, who I don't think is going to beat Cincinnati. Cincinnati beat the brakes off them first time around. They're probably going to do it again. They know they are this close to be the first non-power five team in the CFP, and there's no way Luke Fickle's going to let that go down the drain. There's no way no. that they're going to let that happen with that program. And that means you need Oklahoma State, in my opinion, to lose to Baylor. Possible, but I don't know. I, I'm not. I, I don't know how you feel about those matches, but in my mind, the best chances you have are uh, George, you need Georgia to be Alabama, and then you need Baylor to be Oklahoma State. The other two games, I don't see being upsets because of how far apart they are in talent. I agree. Um, Michigan to Minnesota, like like you said, it's it's a huge spread, and um, it's the way that Michigan played this past week against um, a phenomenal Ohio State team they they look unstoppable um as far as big 10 teams go so playing against a i mean honestly a lesser big 10 team um no offense to minnesota but they're not michigan they're not they're not ohio state they're not michigan Um, state either (laughs) right well michigan state was uh number three at the time when they played them earlier this year i believe or top five they were top five i can't Um, remember where they were right i I know that they were three when they lost that that's when it was but um anyway so i mean you're right. That that one's not probable. Um, Cincinnati's not uh, not likely. So really, the only chance is um, Alabama losing, and then Oklahoma State losing to to Baylor. If 
that happens, Notre Dame will probably get the four. Probably. But no other way. No um, other way. So here's here's my um, college football playoff yeah. uh, top four, right, how pre- I'm predicting. Predicting it? Okay, I'll give you my prediction at the end, but I'll, go ahead. Georgia, number yep. one. Yep. Michigan, not changing, yep. number two. They'll say it too. C- Cincinnati going up to number three mm-hmm. just because they'll get snubbed. Yep. Oklahoma State, four. As much as I want to say Notre Dame as a fan, as a realist, I don't think Oklahoma State is going to lose. I don't think Michigan is going to lose. I don't think Cincinnati is going to lose. I think Alabama could lose, and uh, that that's how the, the progression will go. Yep. I, I 100% agree with you because I think Alabama is a deeply flawed team. They're 11-1 because they have the, a better coach than every team they play, but they're not better than Georgia this year. It's not even close to this point in time, and Michigan looks like – uh, Jim Harbaugh is on a mission to get into the CFP and to finish the job, especially with his comments about Ryan Day being on third base, acting like he hit a triple. I love that comment. It's one of my favorite comments I heard of the weekend. And Cincinnati is more of a personal thing. I think that they have the talent to do so. I think that snubbed last year, and they really are upset about that, and they are on a mission to be the a voice for liberty for our what was that coastal carolina that went 13 coastal carolina yeah coastal carolina ucf boise state right. all those teams that have been screwed over for the last like 15 20 years they're saying enough's enough we're finishing this job and i would be i wouldn't be shocked if they took down michigan in the process just to thumb their nose at the committee and say yeah we may be a small school but we can kick anyone's butts watch us do it on the live stage so I, since they is the team I would fear most, and I hope they don't get screwed and get to four and face Georgia right away. I think Georgia is still better than them. I don't. Yeah, I, I, I do think I, I do agree with that. I think Georgia is is the clear um, best team in the country right now. Um, but Cincinnati definitely has the talent there. They have the yep. coaching. Um, they have a very strong approach to the game right now. Again, they're not in a strong conference, right. but they've beaten Notre Dame. They've beaten top ten teams. Yep. Um, and last year they had an incredible season and got snubbed. Yeah. So I think they're playing pissed yeah. this year. And excuse me, <clears throat> I think the the matchup should be um, Georgia and Oklahoma State, yep. Michigan, uh, Cincinnati. I, I I would love to see Cincinnati go the distance, yeah. win the win the championship, at least get to the title game yeah. to show like, hey, we're for real. Yeah. Um, Selfishly, as an Irish fan, um, I don't want Cincinnati to win a title um, <laughs> yeah. because that gives uh, them a chance to sign Luke Fickle um, to Notre Dame. Yeah. But I think you know Cincinnati gets or Luke Fickle gets Cincinnati to a title game. He's gonna get. Uh, he's he's not going anywhere, uh, unless uh, regardless of if he wins or wins or not. He's he's gonna he's gonna stay unless Notre, uh, Dame... Unless Notre Dame pulls the gold off the dome yeah. to pay him. Right, and as they pull the. USC, LSU, Alabama, ridiculous contract, and says, "Here, here's all the monies. Go do what you just did, with a with more monies and, a, and an easier pull, and saying, hey, 'Hey, I'm now the same guy, but in Notre Dame, you're gonna get better talent than he already gets in Cincinnati, which is about, I'm guessing, three and four stars that he coaches up to be five stars by the time they are yeah. seniors. So it's a great coaching so- coaching job on his part." Right. But uh, again, you know, Cincinnati wins a title, maybe kids across the country start thinking, hey, maybe I should go there. Yeah. You know, I could go and sit for three years at 
um, you know, LSU or, or Oklahoma, or I can start at uh, Cincinnati by my sophomore year. Yeah. And, and or, uh, you know, that, that, that sort of stuff, uh, you know, just seeing it on this stage, it makes a difference. Or, or maybe I got screwed. I'm not yeah. a four. I'm a five. I just need someone to believe I'm a five. And Luke Fickle will get you to that point where I'm says, holy crud. Why did this guy not get picked up by this school or that school? Maybe because they overlooked him. That's just how – or maybe because they knew that someone in the pipeline coming down the track who might be even better. I guess that's how that works in the world of college football. But like I said, I'm just a – okay, yeah. I yeah, Sorry, that occupied on the screen, guys. So we will – you guys probably got that message because they just – Oh, my bad. I didn't realize. I thought that was the private chat. It, it does, but it pops up on my screen so I can just read it. And it pops up just enough that it hops over to the uh, – I think the private the private chat's on your right, sir. <laughs> it's on the right hand side what? of the screen. No, I got the. It said private chat. Oh well, that's probably yeah, yeah. Well, it popped up on. I saw it plain as day. <laughs> well, because it's not private on your screen. No. All right, it, we continue, Chris. Yeah, I'm sorry. sorry that I didn't realize I just messed up the stream. No, sorry, guys, but it's all right. We had another topic coming forward for this week, but we've decided to skip it because we got stuck in co- a college football um, uh, rabbit Dude. hole, rabbit hole, and, we have to, and we're just stuck now. We're talking sports, so sorry, guys. Yeah. We talk sports, but you don't stop. Sorry. So... We'll, we'll we'll do all the the and more topics next week. Yeah, so, sorry about that, folks. But college football and Chris talking college football is interesting because Chris knows about this much about college football. He knows just enough to sound like he knows what he's talking about. I was gonna say just enough to be dangerous, right? Just enough to be so. dangerous. Just enough to be dangerous. So yeah, going forward, right. we're gonna skip the next topic. Don't look. We're going to week 13 game of the week. We have a banger for you guys out of the NFC East. We have the top-seeded New England Patriots at 8-4 facing facing off against one of our favorite teams to have in this game of the week because we think they're a Super Bowl team going into the season. We shall find out in the Buffalo Bills at 7-4, half game out of first. Currently, Patriots scored 28 points. Points per game on offense, 7th in the NFL, and allow 15.8 points per game on defense. Yowza's best in the NFL with a point differential of 12.2 points. So they're they're really winning their football games. And the Bills yeah. currently score 29.6 points per game on offense, the number two offense in the NFL, and allow 16.5 points per game on defense, the second best in the NFL for a net point differential of 13.4 points per game. Currently, Vegas has it as Bills by three. This is a game where I would point out we had the same problem with the Colts game, and I said if the Colts run the football, Colts win. Colts run the football, Colts beat the Bills. So mm-hmm. be careful, yeah. Vegas. Be careful. Exactly. So last year we did a random assignment. on. Uh, we just did like a, a random number generator. We assigned a number to one team, and, uh, uh, one to num- one team, and yeah. – two to the other and that's how we got the game uh and, and what, what it was it was my turn to get the the team picked yeah. for me right yeah so here i don't i don't have excel up or anything but i do have a coin oh. chances are still 50 50 so it's your chance it's your week Oof. to have the team picked right yes so the coin is heads patriots okay. tails bills oh you boy. trust me to flip the coin i trust you i trust you all right i you know i'm i'm an honest guy yeah, yeah, for an, for a banker, yes. <laughs> we won't go there. 
is Tails. All right, so that is who again? Sorry, Brain. That is the Bills. Bills. Oh, yeah. All right, so this was the team I would not have picked if I had a free choice <laughs> because uh, – See, the, that's the team I would have. See, my thing is – Should we just switch? Let's just switch. No, no, Bills are fine. Bills are fine. All I'm, right. I'm okay with it. So my thing is the Bills' offense, when it is cooking, cannot be stopped. Keyword mm-hmm. is when it is cooking, which means when Josh Allen is seeing the field and dumping it off when he needs to, and then doing the Josh Allen, I have a cannon for an arm, throwing that ball on a rope 50 yards on the field, and the ball doesn't travel higher than seven feet in the air because he has that much of a rope on him, which he had in college, which is where in time when I watched on the draft, we said, oh my gosh, why can't we have this guy at quarterback? Exactly. He threw the ball on exactly. the line, falling out of bounds, and the ball didn't, it, it, sorry, that, that throw he made at Wyoming is still actually my brain as to why I wish we had him at quarterback. But the Bills' defense is good at stopping the pass because that's what you need to do in the NFL today, but not so great at stopping the run, which is what New England does extraordinarily well is run the football and play time of possession football. So my hope is in this game the Bills' defense finds a way Finds a way to contain the triple head threat of the Patriots run game and force him, force Mac Jones to beat them. And Josh Allen starts off on fire. Like Josh Allen is throwing the ball, like throwing the ball left handed on fire. I, because <laughs> I don't care how on fire it is. I want him to be that insane where he's just hitting everyone in the, throwing the ball through their chest. No, 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 really. We saw the Jay Cutler doesn't work out so well when you do that. Have some finesse on the ball to make sure the ball is catchable with the cannon that he has. <laughs> that'd be that'd be nice, and it's certainly possible because he's, uh, yeah, with, with him, anything pretty much is possible. Yeah. So, um, gonna when he's points, on, when he's on, he's yeah. on. It, put pick the number; he'll put that on you. Yep, exactly. Um, so that means I got the the Pats this week. Yeah. Um, like we said, they got the seventh best offense in the NFL and uh, allow the least amount of points on defense. So I think defense is going to be the key factor here is you've got a high producing Bills offense. I think if the Patriots defense can show up and uh, suppress that um, Bills offense, Mm -hmm. the way that they have suppressed uh, teams up to this point, I think that that's going to make this a, a very even game across the board uh whether josh allen is on and whether mac jones is on or not i think uh you know that defense uh, will be kind of the x factor for the patriots um but uh, like you said that the patriots run game is uh is on point right now and i think that that they're going to continue to ground and pound uh, because that works for them uh until it doesn't and and when it doesn't that's when they're going to really run into trouble Um, so I think that the Patriots really um, using that run game and then uh, Mac Jones going through the air um, and, and uh, being patient yeah. in, in the pocket and providing him time to do so, uh, that that's really going to be to his benefit. It, he hasn't done uh, horrible this year. I, oh, I, no. I think that he, you know, he's having a, um, a good rookie year. Um, but um you know, if, if he doesn't have time, that's when you're going to see rushed passes. So uh, if they're going to go through the air, uh, you got to give them time. So uh, that's, that's, I think, the key factors. Uh, give Mac Jones time in the pocket, continue to pound that running game, and then the defense needs to show up. If the de- defense doesn't show up, doesn't matter what your offense is going to do. Josh Allen's going to run all over you. Yep, and this is what I like to call the Bears future head coach ball. Josh McDaniels versus Brian Dable. We're going to see two Bears coaching candidates, I think, play out in this game because 
Matt Nagy, sorry guys, I go back to the Bears because Matt Nagy is not long for Chicago. May he rest in peace when he gets fired from the Bears. And I, Brian Dable is the hot name, but we shall see how I feel about that in the coming weeks. But sorry guys, I had to talk about Bears for just a second because I, I, I can't wait for Nagy to be fired. Sorry, sorry Matt. I, I know you're a great guy and all that, but dude, dude, dude. Dude. As as a coach, as a coach, Dude. it's it's time to cut the cord. Cut the cord. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and take the lead now on the outro. That oh. is our that is our game of the week. Yeah. Um, we are uh, we got uh, me with the Patriots, Chris with the Bills. Um, thank you for watching and listening. Um, you uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube. Like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, toggle not notifications to all, point in all directions Find on it. the screen. Um, and uh, if you're uh, getting this from Facebook, don't forget to like the post and share it. Um, we, we love to see. I, I think I'm the only one that shares um, the posts. Yeah. So we'd love to see some other ones uh, shared by uh, you other folks out there. I know that there's a handful that listen. We are now seven uh, podcast plays mm. away from four digits. Oh. I mean, with our YouTube plays, we're over. Oh. We're over a thousand. Oh. But with, for, oh. with the podcast alone, the audio alone, we are now at nine ninety three. So the confetti anyway, cannon is I wanted hot. to get that. I wanted to go ahead and get all the all the like subscribe yeah. crap out of the yeah. way before you you hit yours. So take both of your sections in a row. Okay. So remember, like Tom said, to go to the Facebook page and like, and pay and check out our information. Tom usually has great posts throughout the day, keeping up with the sports up and also lets you guys know when we're recording. So he'll let you know when we have everything recorded and everything posted. Also, you can email us at sports and more with CT, capital C, capital T at gmail.com. And we would like to thank all of you, probably the tens and tens of people listen to our ridiculous takes and rambles on everything regarding college football related and and money and, and poop loads of money at, at that point. So much money. Yeah. So much so, money. All the monies. I can't even fathom how much money. Yeah. Um, our next episode's creation date is to be decided. But uh, as always, we will uh, try to post the day that we are recording. Um, I've actually yet to do that tonight. I'm going to do that before I go to, <laughs> go to bed. Uh, that way, it's technically it's still day, and I'm yep. not lying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, keep an eye on Facebook for all of those updates, all the daily posts uh, or the during the day posts that we get for all the, the fun stuff. Um, but until the next episode, as always, please stay safe and healthy and above all, stay free. Sports and more with Chris and Tom is brought to you by no one, all non-original thoughts and ideas were properly noted during each segment.